Hello and welcome to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM and WKRM Radio, your hometown news broadcasting from Columbia, Tennessee. I'm your host, Tom Price. Today is Wednesday, January 4th, and we start with local news. In an early move to forge alliances with the far right in Congress, Representative Andy Ogles, former Murray County mayor, joined 19 other Republicans in opposing Republican Representative Kevin McCarthy's bid for Speaker of the U.S. House of Representatives on the first day of the 118th Congress. Hardline conservatives made Tuesday's vote for Speaker contentious. McCarthy is still scrambling today to lock down the votes. During three rounds of voting, Ogles and 19 other congressmen voted for Republican Representative Jim Jordan of Ohio, creating a stalemate. After the second round of voting, Representative Jordan threw his own support to McCarthy, but after a third vote, the stalemate continued. Before the voting, some Republicans have individually voiced opposition to McCarthy, while nine others signed a New Year's Day letter expressing the same. The Times call for radical departure from the status quo not a continuation of the past and ongoing Republican failures, read the letter which was posted to Twitter by Representative Scott Perry of Pennsylvania. In addition to Perry and Ogles, others signing the letter include Representative Paul Gosar of Arizona, Anna Paulina Luna of Florida, Eli Crane of Arizona, Chip Roy of Texas, Dan Bishop of North Carolina, Andy Harris of Maryland, and Andrew Clyde of Georgia. Like Ogles, Luna and Crane are freshman members of Congress. The letter from the Nine about the speakership followed a debate between McCarthy and seven House conservatives over demands for changes to House rules. Ogles also joined that cohort, who sent McCarthy a letter in early December. In a post about the New Year's Day letter on Facebook, Ogles said, Read our letters sent to McCarthy as we fight to restore normal order by restoring the ability to amend legislation and the ability to remove the speaker if they fail to fight for the American people. At the end of three rounds of stalemate voting on Tuesday, the Congress adjourned and will start over today at noon Eastern time. On the campaign trail and since his November election, Representative Ogles has long signaled his far-right politics as a staunch opponent to immigration, LGBTQ rights, and public health protocols. His transition to Congress follows three years as mayor of Murray County. Murray County commissioners recently took steps further steps to protect the Duck River from potential future development that could harm the land at a special called meeting just before Christmas, passing a zoning resolution that would halt commercial and residential developers from building within 1,000-foot reach of the river was met with some resistance, but not enough to keep the resolution from passing 16-5 to 5 with 21 commissioners in attendance. The vote sealed the deal for setting up additional protections instead of sending the resolution back to the Planning Commission like some proposed. But specific distances on setbacks from the waterway caused some confusion for some commissioners and will continue to receive further analysis, elected leaders say. Many commissioners in attendance emphasized that a year or more delay could result if protections were not put into place immediately. Plowing through an hour of discussion so commissioners could sort through scant details about why leaders consider the protections necessary still left plenty of questions. But ultimately, commissioners found that the bottom line was approving additional protections so developers cannot disturb ground contaminants near the old Monsanto property within close proximity to the river, risking pollutants entering the waterway. 
Last fall, the county adopted the Jackson Law, which requires developers to bring any development proposals near the river to the city and county for review. But at the time, county leaders stressed the need for closing further loopholes that developers could use to get around the law. Concern about protecting the river came last fall when Trinity Business Group sought approval for a state permit to build a landfill operation near the Duck River. The Baton Rouge-based group proposed a tire incinerator operation at the old Monsanto Chemical Plant site within close proximity to the river, which swiftly met local opposition. Murray County Attorney Daniel Murphy said that Tennessee Department of Environment and Conservation would still be able to approve certain types of development on sites near the Duck River. Trinity Business Group was reportedly in the process of hiring lobbyists to continue pressing their presence at the old Monsanto site and looking for loopholes to the law, according to county officials. Certain state statutes, such as permit by rule, created loopholes that allowed the group to make plans for the tire recycling facility nearly flying under the radar, local environmental activists such as Columbia resident Gail Moore previously stated. Murray County Commission Chairman Eric Previtti said passing the resolution was the wisest thing to protect the river going forward. Time was of the essence, and we needed to get something done, Previtti said this week. Commissioner Jerry Bridenbaugh inquired about whether the 1,000-foot stipulation was necessary over a 500-foot stipulation, and if there was proper data analysis to reach the conclusion about how far away the river from the river a developer must be to build. Commissioner Gwyn Evans, who has also long served on the Planning Commission, said the research is usually ongoing to determine the distance. Other commissioners agreed that more details were needed, but that it should not stop them from being able to have the extra zoning protections in effect now. County Mayor Sheila Butt weighed in, saying that every minute delayed in, a, in adding additional provisions could leave the door open to further grandfather clauses for TDEC to approve permits on the land. I can't see kicking this down the road, Commissioner Danny Groom said. Next step for the Duck River in the new year will be to seek scenic river status at the state legislature, which could further secure the river's protected status, according to officials. The Murray Regional Healthcare Foundation has received a $7,500 grant from the Women's Fund of the Community Foundation of Middle Tennessee, which will assist in providing free mammograms, camisoles, wigs, lymphedema garments, and more to those who qualify. This is the 12th consecutive year that the foundation has received funds from the Community Foundation of Middle Tennessee, said Murray Regional Healthcare Foundation Executive Director Joe Kilgore. We are grateful, always, for their support as we serve the women in our region facing a cancer diagnosis. Through the Women's Center Fund, we are able to relieve some of the financial burden facing these women during this very difficult time in their lives, he said. The Community Foundation of Middle Tennessee, a charitable organization dedicated to enriching the quality of life in Middle Tennessee and beyond, recently announced $2.8 million in grants to 432 local nonprofit organizations as part of the 2022 annual grant-making process. The Murray Regional Healthcare Foundation was among those organizations. The work of our nonprofit partners has never been more important as we watch needs emerge and evolve in this community, said Ellen Lehman president of the Community Foundation of Middle Tennessee. The Community Foundation is honored to connect generosity with need through these annual grants and other avenues throughout the year, but we couldn't have an impact without the array of quality nonprofits offering solutions to our community's needs and vital services to our neighbors, she said. 
The Community Foundation awards discretionary grants annually from its unrestricted and field of interest funds through an open application process to Middle Tennessee nonprofit organizations addressing community needs and benefiting the well-being of citizens through valuable programs and innovative services. More information about the Community Foundation's grant process is online at www.cfmt.org. To learn more about the Murray Regional Healthcare Foundation and its Women's Center Fund, visit www.murrayregional.com forward slash foundation. The Crossroads to Home Coalition helped many homeless people during frigid temperatures from Thursday, December 22nd through Monday, December 26th. Crossroads to Home Cafe manager Pam Sanders and Murray Regional Mobile Health nurse and Crossroads to Home board member Lori Berglund went above and beyond with their support network to assist many in need to get out of the hazardous weather conditions. The Crossroads to Home Coalition extends its deepest thanks to Sanders and Berglund along with their support network. During the five freezing days, the coalition raised nearly $4,000 for emergency accommodations and spent over $5,500 on hotel rooms for 44 guests. Area churches, including Murray Hills, Riverside Methodist Church, The Well Church, McCain's Church, First Cumberland Presbyterian Church, Room in the Inn, and others, helped with over 40 nights of accommodations. Over the five days, 102 room nights were made available during the cold spell at Richland Inn, Baymont Hotel, Columbia Inn, and Hotel O. Those in need included singles, couples, and families with children. Most people needed food and received up to four days or more each. Area churches helped cover two nights, Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, for many of the homeless. The Family Center, New Song Church, Area churches, community supporters, and individuals helped on Christmas Eve when many in need had to move from one location to another due to booked rooms. The assistance these days allowed those transitioning to remain warm and receive food. The Crossroads to Home Coalition covered Thursday, Friday, and Monday nights. So many came together for the greater good to help families, children, and anyone they could. Murray Regional Mobile Health Nurse and Crossroads to Home Board member Lori Berglund, who helped people in need, stated... Look what this community has done and their generosity. So many stood behind Crossroads to Home Coalition and helped. I am grateful to Crossroads to Home Coalition for helping funnel community support for, from so many. Pam Sanders, manager of the Crossroads to Home Cafe, is dedicated and committed to helping. With her relationships and knowledge of the city's homeless population, over 40 people were warm and safe during these holidays and generous and dangerously cold weather. Pam Sanders shared... A sincere thank you to those who reached out and for all the food. I am thankful for everyone, she said. The Crossroads to Home Coalition is many organizations working together to help anyone homeless in our community. Crossroads to Home Coalition was formed in 2018. With a desire to assist with the growing needs of the homeless population in the area, a small group of nonprofit organizations came together to form the organization. The coalition consists of local nonprofit organizations, churches, and individuals offering a unique program or service to assist the homeless. These programs range from veteran and medical assistance to education and housing. The goal of the coalition is to strengthen the programs and services offered by these groups and individuals by creating partnerships, fostering close communication, sharing resources, and developing long-term solutions for the homeless. And the coalition continues to grow. To help or join the coalition, or for more information, visit www.crossroadstohomecolumbia.com.
State legislators are considering changes to the third grade retention law that will take effect next year, mulling new learning support for early grades and a minimum age to begin kindergarten. Based on last year's test results, 67% of Murray County Public Schools' third graders could face retention. Just 32.9% of Murray County Public Schools' third graders met or exceeded proficiency requirements on tests last spring. Murray County is a district that is indeed working with legislators to amend the third grade retention law. If left as is, the children that experience the most detrimental and poignant effects of being out of school due to the pandemic will be retained in third grade. We have current third graders that have never experienced a full in-person school year, judged by a single data point via a state-mandated test potentially being retained. Murray County Public Schools District Spokesman Jack Cobb commented, In Murray County Public Schools, the retention of hundreds of third graders will cause a ripple effect regarding staffing allocations at our elementary schools, create building capacity issues, and transportation woes, he said. Lawmakers passed the third grade retention law during a special education-focused legislative session in 2021. It requires third graders who fail to meet or exceed expectations on the spring TCAP test to repeat the grade. Students can avoid retention by attending summer school or tutoring programs. English language learners and those who have already been held back a grade are not impacted. Kalioka Republican Representative Scott Sapicki, chairman of the House Education Instruction Subcommittee, says the legislature should require proficiency and supports, like tutoring and summer school, before third grade to ensure students are set up for success at the third grade cutoff. We need to make sure that we're getting to the point that if a student fails the third grade TCAP test, we're shocked because we probably missed a learning disability, Sapicki stated. He also says he's open to extending the deadline for implementing the third grade retention law, which will impact third graders moving to the fourth grade this fall. I think we need to look at it, not to erase that line in the sand, but to make sure we have all of the proper supports all the way back into kindergarten, he said. Would it be better for us to roll this one year, make sure we pass legislation to increase all the supports so that going forward, we're two to two and a half years away from COVID to where teachers have had the opportunity of two years in the classroom to get our kids back on track, he asked. Third grade is an important transition year. After third grade, students move from learning to read to reading to learn. Without successful reading skills, the students may not be able to keep up very well. Sapicki says he's open to changing the minimum age to begin kindergarten. Currently, Tennessee children may enter kindergarten if they turn five years old before August 15th and must enroll in school no later than the beginning of the academic year following the child's sixth birthday. Starting kindergarten later could help students with the maturity and development to be more successful, he says. More than 80% of students testing on grade level are students who started kindergarten later, according to Sapicki. House Speaker Cameron Sexton says he is willing to consider raising the minimum age for kindergarten. Are we starting our kids too early in school? Maybe we need to have them a bit older than what is required right now, he said. Sexton says the legislature may expand measures of third grade proficiency to include benchmark tests administered throughout the year and not the TCAP test alone, as the law stands now, so one bad day doesn't throw a student off track. I don't think you can continue to go year after year and not have some accountability, Sexton said. Governor Bill Lee says he's willing to look at changes proposed by the legislature, but he says he likes the law as it is. I think one of the worst things we can do is move a child from third to fourth grade if they can't read, Lee told reporters last Friday. The statistics show and evidence shows that that's a very bad move for children that ends up in the long term being very harmful to them, he said.
Have you always wanted to quit nicotine but never found something that works for you? Murray Regional Health is offering a free four-class series to help. The nicotine cessation classes meet on four Tuesdays in the new year, January 17th, 24th, 31st, and February 7th. Each class begins at 6 p.m. and will be held at Murray Regional Medical Center. The classes will meet in a private dining area near the cafeteria. Sharon Dobbins, a respiratory therapist and former smoker, will lead the sessions. Quitting cigarettes, vaping products, and smokeless tobacco may be the single most important thing a person can do to improve their health, said Dobbins. As a former smoker, I can personally relate to the challenges that come from trying to stop using tobacco products and encourage those who are trying to quit joining this supportive group session, she said. According to the CDC, cigarette smoking causes more than 480,000 deaths each year in the United States. This is nearly one in five deaths. The article then states even people who smoke fewer than five cigarettes a day can have early signs of cardiovascular disease. Smoking causes diminished overall health, increased absenteeism from work, and increased health care utilization and cost. Regardless of your nicotine choice, Murray Regional Health wants to help you on your journey to quitting. Advanced registration for the nicotine cessation program is requested so that course materials may be prepared. To register, visit www.murrayregional.com forward slash classes dash and dash events or call the number 931-840-4446. And now your hometown memorials, sponsored by Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Mr. Wayne G. Patterson, 73, former county commissioner, died Friday, December 30th at his residence on Hampshire Pike. Funeral services for Mr. Patterson will be conducted on Wednesday at 12 p.m. at Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Burial will be in Polk Memorial Gardens. The family will visit with friends two hours prior to the service. Mr. Donald Paul Alderson, Jr., 78, retired employee of TDOT and Columbia Rubber and Gasket, died Sunday, January 1st at Murray Regional Medical Center. A graveside service for Mr. Alderson will be conducted on Friday at 1 p.m. at Neapolis Cemetery. Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors are assisting the family with arrangements. Mr. Billy Wayne Ray, 75, a resident of Columbia, died Monday, January 2nd at his residence. Funeral services will be conducted on Thursday, January 5th at 2 p.m. at Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Burial will follow at McCain Cemetery in the Mount Joy community. The family will visit with friends on Wednesday from 5 to 8 p.m. at the funeral home. Hometown Memorials is sponsored by Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home serving with dignity and consideration for over 150 years. As years go by, people may tend to forget just what a funeral is really all about. At Oaks and Nichols, we believe it's first and always a special remembrance of someone you love. We start by listening to your needs and desires. If you're unsure, we can help gently, professionally. At Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, we haven't lost sight of why we're here to serve Murray County families in the ways they prefer, and why Matt and Susie Sowell believe the way to honor tradition is with especially personal service. We believe your traditions, your customs, your rites of passage are very important, but we also believe in taking care of your personal wishes as well. At Oaks and Nichols, we try to do more than just the expected things, so the service you receive honors your heritage and is uniquely yours, and we invite you to experience the difference. Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, 
320 West 7th Street in Columbia. Since 1856, people you can rely on. For your southern Middle Tennessee weather, we will have mainly sunny weather today with a few afternoon clouds. The high will reach 60 degrees with winds out of the west-southwest at 10 to 15 miles per hour. Tonight, we can expect some clouds in the early evening that will give way to mainly clear skies overnight. The low will be 36 degrees with light and variable winds. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll cover state and national news that affect you. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. Family first. (laughs) My dad used to tell us that all the time. But family first wasn't just something he'd say to us. It was how he lived every day of his life. And it's how I try to live mine, too. At Shelter Insurance, our agents are dedicated to helping provide personalized auto, home, and life protection that puts your family first. For auto, home, life, or business insurance, see Shelter Agent Tommy Hyde Jr. at 388-2009. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high-quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years' experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwingGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwingGroup, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwing Group, land is your legacy. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hello, friends. This is Brian King from Tennessee Children's Home. Thank you seems appropriate for this time of year. At Tennessee Children's Home, we have even more to be thankful for this year. We have a new campus and have moved in. We've been overwhelmed by the support you have given us to the move to the new campus. Please continue to support us as we try to pay off this debt. Please go to our website, TennesseeChildrensHome.org, for more information. This is Brian King from Tennessee Children's Home. Tennessee has lots of buried pipelines, so it's important to know the signs of a leak, like if you smell unusual odors or hear hissing, see bubbling earth or water, or dead or dying vegetation. Some signs are even harder to miss, like dirt being blown into the air, a frost ball in an open field, or a flame coming from the ground. 
If you see any of these signs, don't wait. Leave the area immediately and call 911 or your pipeline company. For more tips on pipeline safety, visit pipesafety.org. A message from the Tennessee Gas Association, Tennessee Association of Broadcasters, and this station. Here we go. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM 101.7 and WKRM 103.7, your hometown source for news and information. I'm Tom Price. And now news from around the state. There will be 2,376 women serving in state legislatures across the United States in 2023. That's slightly above last year's number, which set a record. But in Tennessee, the trend is going in the opposite direction. A year ago, 23 of the 132 members of the General Assembly were women. And in the upcoming session, there will be 19, the lowest amount since 1998. Nationwide, close to 32% of state legislators are women, but in Tennessee, only 14% of the General Assembly are women. That ranks the state 49th for gender diversity in state legislatures. Debbie Walsh, director of the Center for American Women in Politics at Rutgers University, says it's a troubling trend. The fact that in Tennessee right now, about 14% of the legislature is made up of women means that women's voices are not being heard. They're not part of the debate. They're not part of policy conversations, and that's not good for women, said Walsh. Walsh says fewer women means it's less likely that issues such as health care or social services for families will be made a priority. We know that women are more likely, and this is true across ideologies, more likely to have as a priority issues affecting women, families, and children on their own agenda, said Walsh. For example, in the past session, two black lawmakers, Senator Ramesh Akbari, a Democrat from Memphis, and Representative Karen Camper, also a Democrat from Memphis, sponsored a bill that prevents employers from discriminating against employees who wear ethnic hairstyles. One of the newly elected women lawmakers is State Senator Charlene Oliver of Nashville. It is very concerning and problematic that our legislature is trending towards a patriarchy, said Oliver about the decline in female representation. Oliver, a Democrat, says while she'd like to see more women running for office, ideology is also important, especially on issues like abortion. The passage of Tennessee's all-out abortion ban called the Human Life Protection Act was sponsored by Mount Juliet Republican Susan Lynn, but opposed by many women legislators on the other end of the spectrum. Proof, Oliver says, that women are not a monolithic voting bloc. It's not enough just to be a woman in the legislature. We need more women who are pro-choice, who are pro-health care, who are pro-human rights, who are willing to speak up against injustice. And so that, to me, matters, said Oliver. Let's take one last break. When we come back, we'll cover the final story of the day. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. Turner and Osborne Tire Company, 1016 South Main Street in Columbia. Give them a call at 931-388-6822. They've been doing business since 1947 and in their current location since 1964. They provide the best tire and mechanical work at some of the best prices in Middle Tennessee. Hey, they're official Michelin and Goodyear dealers, and they've got all kinds of brands as well. Stop by and see Walker Vining and his professional staff or check them out online at turnerandosborne.com. That's turnerandosborne.com. 
Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at 10pin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today, and now our final story. Healthy Parks, Healthy Person, an app that requires park goers for, that rewards rather, park goers for participating in outdoor activities has received a national award recognizing its contribution in advancing and promoting the health benefits of nature through technology. More than 11,000 Tennesseans use this app to take their health into their own hands and enjoy Tennessee's beautiful public lands, said Stacy Levine, executive director of Healthy Parks Healthy Person. The free Healthy Parks Healthy Person app allows participants to use their mobile devices to earn points at any Tennessee park while getting outside and being active. App users can redeem their points for rewards from hammocks to backpacks. The program includes a park prescription feature so healthcare providers can prescribe outdoor activity as part of the patient's healthcare regimen. Healthy Parks Healthy Person is a legacy program of Tennessee State Parks, which partnered with Tennessee Department of Health in 2017 to develop the app. You can learn more by visiting healthyparkstn.com for more information. That's all for this edition of Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM WKRM Radio. I'll be back tomorrow to update you with the latest news. I'm Tom Price. Thanks for listening. Be safe and have a great day.